Hey friends, welcome back to We Were Gamers, a podcast about, um, games, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, occasionally uh, us. And also other times about soccer. How did everyone enjoy the finals to the World Cup? Uh, you know, go ahead, JJ. I, I would say that I enjoyed about 80% of that game. It was really good until it stopped mattering. Oh, hmm. I guess. I would say 85% of that game was enjoyable. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm really just, I enjoyed the whole thing. I don't usually watch straight 90 minutes of soccer, especially on a Sunday when I could be doing other things, chore wise, house related, etc. But I did. So that means something, I think. Anyway, welcome back. It's a podcast. This is uh, Andy. There's JJ. Hello. And Michael. Hey, everybody. And we're back with uh, a lot more energy, I think. Yeah? I'm feeling well-rested. Anybody else feel well-rested? Long, nice weekend? The heat oh. has broken a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We're not like... Uh, the heat exhaustion has definitely dissipated. <laughs> I feel like moderately rested since I spent nearly all of Sunday in a car oh. uh, coming back from a wedding uh, in the mountains which was uh, a lot of fun and uh thank you for having us but uh congrats to the dills yeah it is a long drive back from mammoth so there was a <laughs> i felt like i needed to sleep for a week was there a <laughs> mobile gaming or did you drive the whole way uh, i was driving for the majority of it okay cool man well welcome back and i would say with the break in heat i got a a burst of energy to try something new rather than just, you know, uh, laying around not wanting to do anything. I busted out the Steam Link, friends. So this is the Steam Link that you purchased for basically no dollars plus shipping? Yeah, basically no dollars, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially since I had Steam credit and somehow that applies to hardware. Go figure. I think it's any. Yeah, I think it's anything that you can buy off of Steam. You can apply credit to. Which is nuts, right? I think they sell movies and stuff too. Oh, credit is credit, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. It was surprising to me. I thought it might not count for hardware, but anyway. So this Steam Link that cost me barely anything out the door uh, is now plugged into a television with an Xbox 360 controller plugged into it wirelessly, and uh, it works. It works. Just out of the box, basically? Uh, it was pretty simple out of the box. You plug it in to the TV and turns itself on, and then it says, hey, I need an update. Hook me up to your Wi-Fi. And then uh, it updates, and then you very simply just search for a computer running Steam. Um, and it forces the other computer into big picture mode and then streams across your network to the TV with the Steam Link. So... Uh, the controller is then plugged into the Steam Link, and uh, it works okay. I think that if I hardwire it, I won't have as many dropped frames. I have a few little bit of glitchiness when sometimes. I don't know if it's with the network load or anything like that, but uh, it's good enough to play like little platformers like Braid or anything else. Braid is what I tested on it, actually, to see how it would handle it. And so it looks good so far. Uh, what resolution is it running at? 1080. Okay. I didn't know if it streamed only 720 or if it was doing 1080 or, or what. Yeah, yeah. No, it seems that... Well, it uh, it asked me the resolution of the television in the setup and then also asked me to set up the overscan as well. Mm -hmm. So it did, it did a pretty quick and easy job of making... making a... what I would call complicated setup easy. Yeah, the overscan stuff can be a problem with connecting computer-like things to TVs because TVs do overscan on the edges and stuff that displays on them knows that and does that intentionally, but stuff on computers typically doesn't. And so then you can end up like losing the portion of the screen on both edges if it's done poorly. Right, yeah. Um, very often I've had computers, and I expected it with this, um, but it was right there in the setup, you know. To not have it doing weird stuff. And uh, and once you get into, you know, connecting to your computer and everything like that, it it's real snappy, at least in the, the menuing and everything else. And uh, 
you know, I don't know. Have you guys ever run anything in big picture mode? Uh, I think not. Yeah. I, I don't recall. Oh, okay. It's really like navigable with a controller. They've obviously redesigned it for that. So um, that is the same exact interface that basically pops up in front of you on the Steam link. And um, yeah, I wasn't disappointed in it. I didn't find it frustrating or anything. Now, for my use, you know, do I need it to do everything a PlayStation 3 or 4 does as a media player and all that sort of stuff? No, probably not. So I only investigated the gaming part of it, but... It seems good so far. That's all I can say. I did have an interesting issue uh, crop up. Have you guys ever had a rechargeable battery so low that it won't charge up again? I can't recall any case like that. I feel like if that had happened, I might have just assumed that it was dead. Right. So I had the same feeling Uh, when I pulled out the 360 controller. I thought to myself, oh, well, we'll just, you know, wirelessly run this and all that. And I bought a long time ago one of those battery packs with, uh, with, with, you know, 360. How many years old is that now? 10? Not more. Even. M- more? Yeah, more. Oh, my goodness. I bought one of these rechargeable battery packs with it when I got that controller because that was the controller you got. You know, this is way before the Steam situation. With their own controller and PS4 controllers being easy to plug into PCs and stuff like that. Um, and so I haven't used... I really honestly haven't even busted it out. And uh, I, 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 it wouldn't take a charge. So I had to run it plugged in when I was testing the system, the Steam Link. And then I thought, you know, oh, this is kind of a bummer. I'll have to go dig out the AA battery pack that fits into this instead. Um, and I just Googled it because I thought... Somebody has to know if these are just like actually dead or if it's a problem with the cable or what. Why won't it even like try to charge it and then it fails? It just doesn't even try. And there were some pretty interesting instructions out there. Uh, Michael, are you ready for the electricity minute 2.0? How how long did you have to put it in the freezer? <laughs> yeah, were people asking you to put it in your oven to reflow the connection to the board or some uh-huh. kind of thing? Now, there was some suggestion of shorting the logic board to blah, 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 which was not necessary. Uh, turns out the easiest fix for this is to get a 9-volt battery and wire the positive to one of the positive connectors on the, the battery and the negative to the negative connector on the battery and just let it sit there until you get 2.5 volts in it and then go plug it back in. <laughs> okay. Like basically, so, you jump started it. I yeah, but like, do you have to sit? Does it have to sit there for like a long time, or is this just like you're using a nine volt because it has more constant amperage than wall or something, or like it's five, nine instead of five volts, and so it's stronger? So, um, I did. It's the the gentleman that gave me the instructions for this via YouTube had some sort of power supply that he plugged into the wall, uh. And dealt with it. And that was a-okay for him, but I don't have that. I was trying to think of a way that I could get a constant current onto this thing without killing myself. Essentially. Right. <laughs> Seems good. Starting a fire. Electricity. Uh, I had recently, actually, over this past weekend, uh, had a problem in the house. So... In light of the fact that I had been dealing with electricity all week trying to get that working again, I was a little more cautious than I would normally be with this sort of situation. Also, with the previous battery problem that we had had. <laughs> and uh, and what I thought was, uh, well, the 9 volts is more than 2.5 volts. And from the very little amount of uh, electrical engineering that I remember, uh, there's resistances. And so, at a certain point batteries backflow if they don't have enough amperage or voltage i don't know exactly which uh so you had to have nine volts in the nine volt to get it to flow into the dead battery but if you had like six volts it would just kill the battery instead Mm. okay i think i understand electrically what's happening there but i'm confused why it got to this point I'm confused by it, too. So, if after experimenting for about an hour, 
I got out four nine volt batteries <laughs> and I would leave them on for about 40 seconds a piece, maybe a little less. And, uh, there were sparks and stuff as I, you know, did the little paper clips to the contacts, uh, using tools that were not conductive to my fingers. Uh huh. And then, uh, yeah, they, you know, there's a little bit of, uh, heat generated and some sparking, but we got there, you know, we just sort of daisy chained these nine volts through until they got down to about eight. And then it got up to about two, seven, five, went and plugged it in. And now it charges. I don't know if you find this as fascinating as I do. I but mean, I found it fascinating. It's always good to resurrect a uh, tech that you thought was dead. Um, that's an interesting solution to it. I don't know. I don't know that paper clips was the right tool there, um, <laughs> but you made it work. Um, you know, it wouldn't be me if I didn't find some part of it to jury rig, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it's that's true. in your wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. As safe as it was, paper clips was the way to go. I think. Anyway, uh, that was my adventure with the Steam Link and the controller. But it wasn't uh, my event. Ended my adventure with Steam and the Steam sale, you guys. Uh, did you, did you guys pick anything up? I, I picked up one thing extra at the, well, no, you know what? It wasn't part of the Steam sale. It was this past weekend. There was a big deal over the weekend. There were a bunch of games for free. Hacknet, I think. Did y'all get that? Uh, yeah, I definitely picked up that free one. Yeah. Um, JJ, Slay the Spire was on sale. Yeah, Slay the Spire. I'm a Slay the Spire fan. Yeah, have you been playing? I did. All right, dude. Then I want to know which. So, uh, which class did you go with? Uh, so there's a few. The game was kind of locked when I first opened it up. Okay, I could only play the sword ironclad, the sword man. Right. Okay. Yeah, the first one. I didn't realize how much fun it was going to be. I got about halfway through the spire, and I thought, "Oh, this is a little bit boring." I hope there's more to it. I got towards the end, and it got a little harder. And then I lost to the the guardian at the top with like he Wait, still had half his health the i mean there's more than one which one did you so did you get how many bosses did you fight oh, right well okay i this is information i did not have <laughs> see so only one uh the first boss okay. at the end of the game that's not the end of the game oh <laughs> no there's okay so you got to the the top of the first map screen there's more map uh, screen <laughs> My dude, yes, there is. Wait, wait, wait. A, a full run of slaying the spire takes uh, three levels. Oh, three so maps. Three maps. Yes. Oh my. Okay, yeah. I thought the game was a little light for there for a minute. It is your deck that was light, perhaps. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Hot to be takes, fair, ladies and gentlemen. But to be fair, the game does kind of uh, limit you early in that as you play with each class it builds to unlocks and then unlocks more cards and more relics and more things for those classes i certainly got uh, no rare cards or anything like that yeah and there totally are lots of those uh and some of them are crazy and you get them you get a guaranteed one from beating a boss and the boss those cards like change how you play definitely oh so. okay see yeah um it's got just enough dominion in it and just enough ftl in it uh, to have just totally gotten me hooked. I'm, I'm in trouble. I think I, I, yeah. I I'm able to hold it off because Comic Con's coming. But man, but once it's over, yeah. It it's one of those games that uh now that I've played it a I wouldn't say like a ton but some amount that I kind of like get the feeling. I do like a run a night and I call that good. Yeah. Because, like, especially if you get past, like, the first boss and or, you know, towards the second one or whatever and, and the final one, like, you, you start realizing, like, your power kind of snowballs and grows as long as you're building your deck in the way that you are trying to. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just takes a long time to start over from the very beginning again with the same cards and very similar starting position every time where, like, you lose and your your guy was so powerful and, like, you had so many things that you could do, and you start back over at the beginning, you're like, okay, I really, all I can do is, like, block and hit. And this is kind of lame. 
Uh, so it's just, it takes a lot to get up to that point again, uh, sometimes. So I feel you on that. Yeah. It was definitely a lot of block hit, block hit, block hit. Uh, yeah. but I could see where the game was going and I thought it was a little light. And then I got to the end and looked through the unlocks and I was like, oh wow, there's a lot of cards here. I did not see. And then the three classes look like they play completely differently. Yeah, so, they do. And they have promised they're going to make more classes, hopefully, if they sell enough copies. So, Yeah, I'm excited to see what they end up doing with that game. I think it's coming out of early access pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, They said that most of the content is there. Cool. Uh, they're just polishing up some stuff for the before the final release. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited at having played what I've seen so far. And it seems like the kind of game where they could easily just add new weird stuff to it. Very easily. Yeah, the unfortunate thing for Hearthstone is it's kind of what I wanted from Hearthstone. Yeah, it's definitely... It scratches a different itch, at least for me, in that it doesn't have a... There's no multiplayer No, no, I just meant from from that one mode in Hearthstone, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The roguelike mode. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely better than Hearthstone's single-player stuff, for sure. Speaking of which... Yeah, uh, card game uh, minute here, I guess. Card game five <laughs> minutes? Card game 20 uh, minutes? What do you need? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. The, the rundown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were speaking about Hearthstone. Hearthstone has announced their newest expansion. It is called the Boomsday Project. Uh, it seems to star Dr. Boom. Again? Uh, as the leader of a crazy factory. Uh cooking up all kinds of weird science stuff. Uh, they've only revealed a few cards at this point. Um, they've added some kind of mechanic called magnetize, where essentially you can stick mechs together and like add their abilities and stats onto ones that are already out there. Voltron? Yes. Except not the Voltron cards, but like the like you can Voltron your cards now for real. Yeah, you could you could magnetize your cards together and they do they combine. Oh that's cool. That will be broken, I'm sure. Or like maybe it won't be because they're gonna only print bad ones. Sure. Yeah, it's hard to know. Point. Yeah. Um so that seems to be the thing. Uh they also are adding uh a warrior hero card uh which has yet to be revealed and i think legendary spells for each class warrior hero card right so like a like a death knight but it's not a death knight oh okay uh so more like draxus uh but i mean draxus is a regular monster also so he's kind of like half in between got you this this would be like literally a death knight but it's not a death knight and mechs are back too right yeah, and mechs are back, which is a tribe that has kind of been on break for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Since the piloted Shredder. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and Mech Warper. Uh, so we'll see more of what that is uh, as the weeks come by. I- I'm still into it a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if I'll spend money on this one or not uh, as I'm playing the game less and less these days. Um, but the the Fire Festival is going on, so quests are worth double gold. That's nice. Um, so, you know, they, they're still trying over there. Um, but I have also been playing, uh, in the other half of the card game minute here, uh, Magic the Gathering Arena still, uh, and they have released their newest set, uh, which is very, uh, unelegantly named Core Set 2019. Oh, okay. So they're doing their core. That's cool. Yeah. So I guess they got away from doing core sets for a while. Really? Uh, and yes, apparently. Uh, and this is the first time in several years, I guess, like two or three years that they've done a corset. Oh, okay. Um, so corsets usually don't have an overarching theme or anything like that. They're just reprints of a lot of old cards to kind of get a balanced structure to the game for the year. Is that kind of what they did here? Uh, I don't know enough about the past of magic to say if there's a lot of reprints in here. It sounds like there certainly are a good number. Um, but it sounds like there are some new cards mixed in here also, but I, it does not appear to have like an overarching theme, uh, like some of the other sets do. Right. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, there, there are new planeswalkers that are printed for most of the classes or colors, uh, and you know, they're, 
they're pushing forward the various themes they want to with the colors out there. Have um, you found yourself falling into uh, a color again? Or just every, are you playing every color? Uh, I, it's hard to play every color, uh, without one, without, without paying, paying money. Yeah. Um, and since there's an account wipe coming anyway, uh, I'm not that interested in spending money. You get uh, your money back, I guess, technically, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, like if you win rewards or whatever in, for playing well or whatever, those go away. Um, so... Uh, I've sort of fallen into playing like a white black deck, which has a name that I don't remember. Um, Magic has weird names for all the color combinations. Uh, yeah, white black. I used to play I either. Oh, Michael's left in the dark again here, <laughs> <laughs> soaking it all in. Uh, I used to play either flat green or what was it? White blue. Sure, uh, white blue is, I guess, apparently very strong these days. Um, I I don't. There's a lot of counter spells, so it's easy to. There are cards that are counter spell, and then there are cards that are counter spell but have a different name. So you can run four of the both, and then there are cards that are like counter spell but do more than counter spell does. And you can run four of those too, and so then you get you know, it's a lot of like you don't get to do anything, and I get to also do nothing until I play the card that lets me win later, uh, kind of thing. Mm, okay. Uh, apparently, that deck is very strong. I, uh, but I think it, that we will never have guessed the names for the deck combos because they're based on like guilds. And it's based. Like- on, it's based on all magic stuff that like none of us know. So yeah, it was like if you remembered one, I was going to go with it, but I don't know them. So nope. uh, But uh, this update also rolled out their first. They call it an alpha version of the new player experience. So like kind of the tutorial missions. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, it is definitely a very quick and dirty introduction to playing Magic, and like, here's what power and toughness are, here's what li- how life works, here's how you block, here's how, oh, you can block giant guys with little 1-1 dudes and then you still take no damage, uh, or hey, you can play cards on your opponent's turn and stuff like that. So I've been out of Magic for a while, and hearing you talk about it more and more gets me more and more interested. I signed up for the closed beta. Uh, I haven't heard anything. But I think they may have sent people keys for like invite your friends. I have to go check through my emails Ooh, again. Ooh, friendo, maybe we should do a pod. I don't quote me on that yet. We'll we'll check back with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they've done digital magic before. Do you have a sense on all this of what makes? The Magic the Gathering Arena different or new? Is this just going to be like a rolling so, magic thing or what? what's... So here's what I have gathered. Um, digital magic exists in a way that is very similar to the paper game in that uh, it's called Magic the Gathering Online, so MTGO. And that game literally has a complete economy the same way paper magic does. You can sell cards... When you buy things, they cost money, and then you can sell the cards for money, or you know, money equivalent. Which means uh, that there's a finite amount of cards. Cost. Uh, I mean, only finite in what people are willing to buy. Um, but I think you know they don't like when sets stop being on sale; they're no longer on sale, so the price maintains in a way that it does like in Paper Magic as well. Uh, or maybe it's only based on demand. I honestly don't know enough. Uh, but th- there is some e- element of trading. And acquiring old cards and whatever is not difficult, uh, like it would be if you had a bunch of friends playing Magic around you and you could trade and stuff. Cool. Uh, this game is much more like a modern mobile game in that it is uh, there's no like there's no trading element. Uh, the game doesn't have dusting like Hearthstone does, but it does have this wild card system we've talked about before, uh, and that's kind of their nod to like. Hey, here's your here's a way to get things that you want without having to destroy the stuff that you have. Um, and it, it feels a lot more like a you know like kind of like a, I, I I call it a mobile game even though it currently only has a PC client. Um, but it has that kind of a feeling, right? Where like you oh the latest set came out, I'm going to buy some packs and and open it the way Hearthstone does, right? Right, right, yeah. It has a much more slick UI, a more modern interface and stuff like that. And, you know, it sounds like their intent is to keep updating it as the new sets come out. I mean, you know, this this most recent set sounds like is 
you know, was released, you know, maybe weeks ago. So they have, you know, they're at least trying to keep up with what paper is doing, even if there are more formats and more things available in paper magic than on the game. Cool. So, yeah, it's pretty cool so far. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm still playing it. So, you know, that's, I guess what we can say. <laughs> Not the highest ringing endorsement, but hey. Well, you know, if it's starting to creep into your, your, uh, Hearthstone time. Oh yeah, it definitely has been. Then that is a statement, I think. I don't know. There's no mobile client yet, so uh, Hearthstone still has uh, its fingers in my phone for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, Michael, gaming? No? Yes? Yeah, a little bit. I've uh, I have been diving deeper into ever more complex rooms to escape from. Ooh. So I think that uh, last week four I had, or is it four? It was the last one, right? You said there were there were four. Yes, um, I'm not sure if the fourth one is in the same loose storyline as the first three. It's not sequentially titled like the first three are, and I haven't really read anything about it yet. Me. But the first three are all sort of one loose story thread following through each of them, and there's there's a little more story to the third one. Uh, which I played my way through over the course of the last week. And the third one is a much bigger game than the first two. It was all of six hours total playtime compared to the two hours that the each of the first two was. And it has multiple endings. Cool. Oh. You know So a much a much bigger game. You know, last time I, I said that it sounded a lot like um The Witness. Uh but I was thinking about it. It, it, maybe it's more like is it more like mist i don't know do you um, guys even remember mist i remember oh, yeah. mist yeah the i feel like the puzzles are more intricate but in some ways also a little more intuitive than in mist in mist from oh, decades ago i recall that you kind of had to you had to piece together little bits and pieces from your environment to figure out what you were supposed to do next. And this is a little more, you don't have the freedom to go anywhere. And so there are only a limited number of places that you can look for things to do next. Okay. I would say my memory of mist is seeing a random wheel, clicking it, not seeing anything change and then wandering around the island trying to see if anything changed. <laughs> right. So Which this is exactly right. Yeah. I, I know. That's my that's my memory. <laughs> or and, finding a random combo lock somewhere and then finding yeah. things that got to turn it. Lame. Yeah. Yeah. So with these, you definitely know, like, if you push a button and it causes something to happen the game will pan to show you what is happening, like what the result of what you've done is. Oh, so the game coddles you. Wow. Um, no, not, I wouldn't say that it coddles you, but it definitely doesn't leave you blindfolded in a blackened room and tell you to, you know, it doesn't read, make what's, you, read what's on the walls. It doesn't make you differentiate every JPEG they have in the game to try to figure out which ones are different. <laughs> yeah, there was not a there was not a library full of eight hundred books that you had to dig through for the right one to find the code for the fireplace. Right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I think that's on GOG. Maybe we should do that. Oh gosh. I don't. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Well, the fact that once you get to the end, the answer is, if you knew the right book to look in, you could have finished it in three minutes. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert, I, I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess a spoiler for again, Mist, I don't know. Again, the right book. We didn't <laughs> say which like, one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I'm glad it's keeping your interest, though. Yeah, so I'm thinking I might save the last one as a good waiting in line game for this coming week this coming week we need to talk about this coming week friends yeah, there's a, a little thing is happening by the time this airs i think at least some of us 
will be on the road to San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. 2018 TM. Thank goodness we're preserving their trademark. Yeah. You know, they're probably not the NFL with that kind of thing, but who knows? <laughs> so, uh, for Comic-Con this coming week, one, we never even talked about, we talked, well, a little bit rewind. Just, you know, I'm going to make a little rewind sound happen there. And then, uh, <laughs> I probably won't actually, that's too much edit work with a, with Comic-Con coming up anyway. Uh, we didn't, we, we did talk about the exchange to exclusives a lot last week and how they were doing the new system online and trying to make it more democratic, etc. with a raffle. Um, we should probably start there. The raffle happened. Friends, did, did what do you think at this point in time? Do you feel cheated? Do you feel like it was even? Do you, what do you, what do you think? Well, I looked, one of the things that I saw that I guess helped me feel a little bit better about it was the unofficial SDCC blog on Twitter ran a a poll uh, in the afternoon following the lottery assignments. And they asked two yes or no questions. One of them was, did you win an exclusive in the lottery? And I think I saw like 3,000 people responded. And of them, two-thirds said no. And then the next question was, if you won an exclusive in the lottery, did you win more than one? And to that question, two-thirds also said no. So it sounded like at least, you know, it's, it's a real small subset of the, of the people who would have been entering the lottery, but maybe indicative of what some of the numbers were hard to know yeah that's my issue with the way it works is that now it's hard to really know who or what was at what really was the yeah like how many people did they actually let through right on any of these things you can kind of guess numbers when you see lines there's no way to get numbers now it's just it's all secret um and yeah, like when you're there, maybe, you know, I, look, I'm sure there's still going to be the two hour line at the Hasbro booth and, you know, there's going to be the lines for every one of these things, but it's just a question of like, who were these people? Were they planning to do this beforehand or not? Right. Uh, you know, and you know, to that end, uh, I did get more than one selection. Oh, interesting. I only got one. As did I. Uh, I know a couple people that at my work who got nothing. Now, uh, how many did you apply for? Because it's a for me, it was a one out of thirty six. Yeah, so I don't remember the exact number, but it was up there like that. It was like thirty or forty things that I applied for. Okay. Um. Um. Yeah, I I got a slot in Hasbro at the end of the day on Friday, and one of the Lego sets. Cool. Very nice. I got a signing. <laughs> and I uh, I got one of the Lego minifigs. Okay. That's pretty cool. That's an I, even spread I for actually, all of us. I actually don't... Of all the people I've talked to, no one that I know has gotten a signing except for you, Andy. Well, so. probably a lot of people didn't sign up for signings, right? I mean, I signed up for the shows that I'd heard of and cared about. Oh, okay. So, I mean, that was only two, but, you know. Yeah, the signing I got was for uh, a comic book guy so um not even for a yeah show. i wonder i wonder if the signings of all of the things that you could sign up for might have been a little more tailored in terms of people filling out lists because sure there's going to be some segment of the attendees who check all the boxes right right sign up for everything okay. but then i feel like there's also going to be a group of people who are much more willing to pick and choose that, oh, I like this show, or I would like to get a signing from the cast of this movie, then, you know, oh, I'm a fan of Lego, so I'm just going to sign up for everything. Or I want something from the Hasbro booth, so I'm going to sign up for all of the Hasbro slots. Right. And that's more or less what I did for both Lego and Hasbro. I signed up for every single one of all of their things. My guess is also that it's easier to make toys uh, to sell people than have people signing for a huge amount of time therefore the sign up lists for artists and moviegoers and all that will be much smaller 
Sure. I mean, there's, you know, they're probably only allotting, you know, a thousand or something worth of however many people they think they can get through a line in the hour or whatever they have them, right? Right. Versus, you know, Hasbro and Lego have four days worth of time or not even though, right? Because they, it's, there are only slots on some of the days, not all of the days. I saw so Lego I'm not slots sure. on every day. Yeah, Lego's doing every day. Uh, and in fact, Lego for the minifigs is still doing it upstairs where the waiting in line raffle used to be in the sales pavilion. So you don't even go to the booth. Really? Interesting. Yeah, uh, I think you just you take your printout upstairs to the sales pavilion and I'm sure they'll have like a table set up and you just show them your confirmation and they hand you the minifig. You know what I'm which I I kind of appreciate. I mean that like actually improves the experience for most people, I would guess. Yes. To not have to go onto the floor. I think and a you lot know of people are not going to have read their directions for things like that. Uh no, that- and specifically I, for signings, sorry, JJ, but but oh, no, specifically go ahead, go ahead. for signings, because this might affect what you're going to say, but uh, specifically for signings, uh, mine says you have to go get a wristband from 7 to 9 a.m. Well, the con doesn't open until 9, so if somebody doesn't read the directions before then, you know, they're going to be SOL. Yeah, I mean... I guess I don't have a lot of sympathy for you if the thing that you signed up for you didn't bother to read the directions for. If you really wanted that thing, read the directions and do what it says. Like I like, said, I wonder how much complaining, not how much... Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, know. I, look, anytime there's a new system, there's going to be complaining. You got to expect it. Yeah. Like, um, Especially so, you know, with we'll, this crowd. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey, this crowd hey, going to complain, hey, even if everything was smooth. <laughs> I include us in that. I, yeah. <laughs> we did a fair bit of complaining last week, sure. and that was before we even knew if we got anything. We did speculating last week. I don't think we complained. I complained a little. Okay. <laughs> Specula- <laughs> speculative complaining. <laughs> your, your speculation may have been negative, but anyway. <laughs> well, let's turn it positive. What are you looking forward to at the con? Because I think that at some point we're going to talk about what we did, but we should talk about what we're interested in. So I think the most interesting thing to me this year is the stuff that isn't at the con this year. I looked through the schedule for the big panels, which we never go to in hall H and ballroom 20. And there was like, not a lot that jumped out at me that sounded immediately interesting. Did anyone else have that experience? So I've only made it partway through the schedule. I think I've only gotten through the end of Thursday, maybe. Um, but yeah, I expected there to be just in general. I expected there to be a few more panels to have caught my interest, uh, and I I only I think flagged a handful so far. Um, I peruse lightly before the con, and then kind of pick stuff during the convention based on what we're doing and how we're feeling. Um, I did look a little bit. Obviously, all the Marvel movie universe is not there. Uh. Right. Uh, Deadpool is, but that's Fox. Um, Star Trek is, but we haven't seen the new Star Trek, so I don't want spoilers, really. <laughs> uh, or to be lost. And yeah. um, In space. And then generally I look for smaller stuff because I don't want to wait in what I assume are probably going to be even longer lines for like Hall H and Ballroom 20 because now those people are going to be out of other lines, but- right? But will they? I, like, I, I looked through the programming and like it felt like there was a lack of like big headline things this year. Like, there's no Game of Thrones panel. There's no, um, you know, Marvel movie panels. There's no Star Wars, and not that there has been in recent years. You know, but like, the, I didn't see a lot of big headline movies like that. And there were some that, like, you know, I had heard of or whatever. That Bumblebee movie is going to be there. Um, you know, I, I'm sure Warner Brothers will have Venom and whatever other stuff they're putting out. Um, you know, there are movies certainly going to be there. It just felt like it was lacking a little bit this year. I mean, like Dragon Ball Super has a panel in Hall H. Dragon Ball Super is pretty popular. I'm not disagreeing with you, but that <laughs> seems like that would be something that would be too small to have like an anime movie would be too small to hit Hall H 
in other years. Right. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. And in other years, a thing like Venom showing up there, which I have actual interest in, I'd be trying to get over there. But I don't know. I just... It's a hard time talking about panels for me. Um, I'm interested to see a lot of more like what the vendors and stuff look like on the inside, considering these new line systems, if they're going to be cracking down on, on lines and stuff, what it's going to be like for the Blizzard store, which, you know, we have to pass the line seven or eight times to get in line, you know, mm-hmm. um, or things like the Hallmark exclusives or the the Peanuts stuff, because... There's, I, I almost guarantee there's going to be more people out there on on the convention hall. So, I'm very curious to see what it looks like in terms of stores versus comics, and whether some of the comic spaces come back, or or what it's going to be like on, out there. I'm always curious so, to see that. My impression is that this year is going to be like kind of a weird middle year because it wasn't mandatory, right? Like a lot of the exclusive stuff clearly didn't go through that thing. I mean, Marvel always gives away like exclusive posters and, and stuff at their booth as well. And they weren't hide nor hair of them. And you know, they're going to have a giant booth. And like they huge do every signings. Year. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, like I'm sure I a hundred percent guarantee there's a signing for the cast of infinity war, right? Like they're going to have one, but like not on that exclusives portal or not. So how is that giant crowd going to form and it, the same way it does every year in a crush of people at the Marvel booth, I'm sure. Yeah, maybe. So, maybe not. I don't know. You know, you know, it's just it's uh, yeah, it's weird. I don't know how they'll do it. Uh, and like, will some still be sticking with the old systems and some won't? So like, will it be noticeably different or will really will it be just the same except the people that are in those other two hour lines for Hasbro and whatever are, we're just pre-selected. <laughs> yeah. You know, I kind of think it might be that. I want to know, though, if if movie studios are starting to think about whether they're going to show up again anymore, right? Like, hype is now so online-based that maybe these conventions aren't worth the money because they have to go up so big. If Dragon Ball Super is starting to fill space in Hall H, maybe that I mean, like Kevin is Smith starting is. to... Kevin Smith is back, you know? Like, has he been there in the last several oh, yeah. years? He, I feel like he wasn't. No, he always headlines no? college. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, ooh, he may not have been there last year because he had a heart attack. Oh, well, I mean, that's like a little, good reason. Little things like that. Uh, I don't know if that was before or after Comic-Con. I can't remember. I want to say it was after. I want to say it's more recently than that. Yeah. But, um... Anyway, I, I didn't remember him being there last year, and I saw him again this year, and I was like, oh, it's been a while since I saw that, but mm-hmm. that could just be my short memory. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't want to sound like I'm down on it. It's going to be pretty fun, uh, you know, and there's always good stuff that comes out of it every year. And, like, some of the stuff I've heard that they're doing, uh, for, like, the pop-up shops out in the gas lamp and stuff around sound like they're going to be pretty silly as well. Yeah, they're doing a Demolition Man pop-up restaurant. Taco yeah, Bell. Ta- Taco, Taco Bell. Yeah. Yeah. I I am almost certainly going to wait in the line to do that uh, just because I they're selling Demolition Man merchandise. May, what does that even mean? This may be a We Were Gamers field trip because I think that some of the other uh, people here are interested in that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like that's, that's on my list of stuff that sounds hilarious and cool. Um, there's a, uh, I'm going to say the name of this studio wrong, uh, Alika. Alika Live. Mm. No, uh, I don't know it. So they're the uh they are the animation studio that did Coraline, Paranorman, Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh. Oh. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. The stop motion stuff. Uh, um uh Kubo and the Two Strings, right? Yes. I'm trying yeah, to remember uh, because I have a friend I, I'm, that worked there. It's, uh, the name of it is Alika, I think. Uh, and maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong, but those are the letters. It's from Leica. Le- I think it's Leica. I'm pretty. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's an A at the beginning. Are we? No. Don't type. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm almost 100% certain it has an A at the beginning because the word ends up looking a lot like live, which follows it. Anyway, All right, hey, whatever. You know what? Uh, Here we go. That already, no, if you that know already the answer, exists. tweet at us. Yeah, there you go. Uh, at WeWereGamers on Twitter and Instagram. Yep. Uh, hit us up with that. We'd love to know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but that actually is already open in the San Diego gas lamp. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, they have hours. Um, and a friend of mine at work went to see it already and said that it is really awesome. Okay. And if you like that studio or any of those movies, it is a fascinating look at stop motion animation and how they do all that stuff. Yeah. It is extremely detailed. It's like a museum inside there. There's a tour guide and they show you all the exhibits. Oh, awesome. They have an actual animator there. There's like, they show you each face that they used for the 24 frames of animation of one scene. So there's like 24 different faces for the thing, right? Each one has the eye a little bit different or whatever to like make the thing. And it's, he said it was an unbelievably cool, um, little experience there nice. so uh that is in the gas lamp as well uh that sounds really cool but i imagine the line for that is going to be unbelievably insane yeah because you won't need to pass how it'll be like it netflix was. it'll be bonkers yeah um so those were like the cool stuff i heard about uh in advance but what about you guys you hear about anything else cool that's coming uh so i'm I was going to go with an interesting side note. I don't know. Did you guys read the email that got sent out about the changes that they're making to traffic flow around the convention center? Yes, I did see it a little bit. Yeah, I took a look at the map. They're setting up a perimeter around the front of the convention center that you have to have a badge to get into. So if you're meeting someone who doesn't have a badge for a particular day, you can't just meet them out front of Hall C. You have to meet them outside the perimeter. Yeah. How's that Very interesting. Harbor Boulevard is being blocked in front of the convention center as well, so that there yep. will not be cars. Oh, and so shuttles, not- shuttles wow. but not even, I don't think they're even letting in, like, lift. Yeah, it's it's literally just, like, approved transports. So most of the time, I would imagine, you won't have to wait for stoplights or anything. Oh, that's so great, because Which that is light really is nice. such a crush of people just waiting at the trains. Yeah, so that will make that a much, much different thing. Yeah, wow. That's amazing. Way to go, San Diego. Thinking thinking on that one. Yeah, so that will be interesting. If it will keep a lot of the like crush of people away from the doors to the convention center, and if it moves it from there to... I don't know, wherever they have this perimeter set up. That could be very interesting. Did they mention also, one end, it would be like a metal yeah. detector situation as well, or no? Uh, I didn't see that, but so they, that doesn't mean that it's not there. They added it at BlizzCon this year, so I'm wondering what a perimeter means, right? Yep. Yeah, very possible. Um you know, like, because if they move it out away from the convention center, that gives them space to set up something like that if they wanted to. And it's only on the front side, too. The back side is normally open to pedestrian traffic. Will the entrance from the back still be open? I think the so. The entrance from the back is I always the, open. I think but... the back is easier to do, to deal with because of the stairs. Right. Yeah, so it should be pretty different. They're also blocking the streets differently in terms of, like, forcing cars to turn around and stuff earlier, I think. So there's more walk-only streets, um, which is a little different from how they've done it in previous years as well. So it's going to be a relatively different experience, I think. Wow, that's exciting. Um I think outside... Oh, well, I did sign up for this one thing, and I, I'll have to report back on how it goes, but I was sent an email by Skybound um, as part of their Insiders program, which is like a rewards program for their store or whatever, um, to go get tickets to like an Insiders meeting, and I could get two tickets. So at some point, I'll have to go ch- check that out. It's like a two-hour meet and greet, they said, with... You know, Skybound is owned by Robert Kirkman, so could be anyone related to... The, I think they have like eight comics at this point. That's cool. Yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. taking place outside the convention, so we'll see where that's at. Um, Yeah, well, so anyway, um, that's our con preview, I guess, right? Uh, I want to end the pod with a uh, don't at me take. No, you can argue okay. back. It's fine. <laughs> I rewatched. You have a you have a a hot take. I rewatched Thor Ragnarok last night, and I think it's my favorite Marvel movie. I mean, I like that. I like that movie. 
Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that one too. Black Panther might be a better movie, but I think Thor might be a a better Marvel movie. <laughs> There's a difference between saying that it's your favorite and it's the best. Right. Sure. I don't think you're going to catch flack for saying it's your favorite. Okay. Maybe I should try and catch flack by saying it's the best. <laughs> yeah, I mean like what makes it the best? Like cinema like is it better cinema music cinema characters it's certainly much funnier than almost all the other marvel movies but it seems probably all it of seems them. more genuinely funny to me than like the uh the smarmy guardians of the galaxy funny uh the first guardians of the galaxy is what it really i think hit closest to sure but everybody in that's a little bit smarmy right mm, that's just the character that Chris Pratt plays, though. Yeah, and by the second one, Drax is like Chris Pratt again, also. A little bit. Yeah. But, I don't know. I just, it makes, the whole thing makes me smile. And the soundtrack is amazing. And getting to, like, interact with the Hulk and not see, have to see Banner uh, fighting with Tony Stark all the time. Or even really have to do anything science-related. <laughs> Which is the worst part of Bruce Banner. (laughs) Was pretty good. I don't know. Anyway. If people have uh, hot takes about Thor Ragnarok, where should they go? Uh, You can hit us up on Facebook at We Were Gamers. Also, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Follow us wherever fine podcasts are. You know, Google, uh, Apple uh stitcher i don't know wherever else this podcast shows up follow us on there and uh yeah let us know about andrew's hot take oh emails that's right we have an email address <laughs> podcast at weavergamers.com you definitely send emails there about the hot take uh and we will absolutely read them and andrew will learn his your feelings about his opinion yeah it's unlikely <laughs>